Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Intelligent Talk Radio. Intelligent Talk Radio. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I wrote a blog piece uh, on my uh, show page, and you can, and it has to do with what do you do with people who come back to Canada after they've essentially sworn allegiance to our terrorist group, and it covers a, a number of issues, including the uh, story of Christiane Boudreau and her son Damien. So you can go to my uh, web, my uh, show page on the website of any of the chorus radio stations that carry my show. If you're listening to one now, you know, just go to their webpage. It's uh, also on uh, the global uh, news site, The uh, my pieces. So you can read that and you can also respond to that. But here, here's here's the situation. I just want to explain it to, to you again briefly. People joining us all the time during the day. I had an opportunity a couple of hours ago to speak with Christiane Boudreau. She is the mother of uh, 22-year-old Damien. They lived in Calgary. He converted to Islam. He became radicalized. He left Canada. He went and fought with ISIS and was killed in a firefight in 2014. And I spoke with his mother at that time, and she told me then she was going to get involved in de-radicalizing efforts, and she has done that. Uh, She also wasn't able to get a job because people would point at her, essentially, and say, there's that terrorist's mother. And uh, so she didn't get a job. Most of the families who were had a child or a family member who joined ISIS or al-Qaeda or any of those organizations, those terror groups, they kept quiet. Christiane Boudreau did not. So when she wasn't able to get a job, she made her way to France. Her parents lived there to see if her life could be improved somewhat. And now she can't come home. So I have a listen to the conversation I had with her two hours ago, and it also will delve into what to do with the likes of the two women who were captured, uh, maybe rescued, depending on the situation, in the tunnel underneath Mosul. Here is my conversation with Christiane Boudreau. Christiane, first of all, let me ask you about something I've heard about, and that is that your Canadian passport was revoked by Ottawa, and they haven't restored it or returned it. And uh, they're being slow about providing you with any travel documentation so you can either move around in Europe or leave France or come back to Canada. What's going on? That's a good question. A couple of weeks after I arrived in France back in January 2016, the Canadian government revoked my passport with the claim that I didn't have my youngest son's father's signature on the passport. And he wasn't on the birth certificate. His name wasn't on my son's birth certificate. I had sole custody and I've had advice from a lawyer to go ahead and just make application for that passport. That was back in 2007, um, and that's the claim they used to revoke it. I've been going around in circles ever since, trying to talk to the embassy, trying to talk to passport services, just one circle after another to a point where they've even blocked my IP address from their firewall. You're a Canadian citizen. You're in another in a foreign country. You have the right of protection from this country and, and, and the right to be asking for your travel documents, and not only be asking, but receiving them. 
you would think it would be a simple matter, but apparently it isn't, and I don't know why they're dragging their feet. I'd spoken with several members of Parliament as well, and nobody can seem to come up with any solution or nobody's been able to provide me with assistance or somebody that can walk me through whatever I need to do to, to gain access to some sort of identity. So at the moment, what about the French authorities? What, what do they know about you and what's your status in France? They know that I'm here. Uh, they're aware of the position that I'm in. They've been trying to assist me with making claim to some sort of asylum or documents, but it's slow going. Everything was taking place just before the election. So now that's kind of thrown everything into a loop because we have to redo everything all over again. Administration here is slow as well. Do you think it might have anything to do with your son, Damien? I wouldn't be at all surprised. I do have a letter from Public Safety stating that they can't release any information under the Freedom of Information Act with regards to any files on me because it's of concern with national security. You're a concern with national security? Apparently so. Has anybody ever said that to you previously? No, it was only upon request under the Freedom of Information Act, um, and then they just won't release the information because of national security. So you had a Canadian passport when you left Canada? Correct. You arrive in France in 2016, Correct. so last year, and you have a Canadian passport, which is valid, and then they, right. then they, they declare it invalid. That's Correct. And I had to send it into the embassy. And have any members of parliament been involved? Maybe a minister or, or maybe even the prime minister's office in, in providing you with any level of information? Absolutely not. Um, we've tried to get information. We've contacted several members of parliament, the prime minister's office. The last letter that was sent to the prime minister's office was by my brother, they said that they were going to forward it to Immigration Services, to the minister's office there. That was back in the spring. We've never had an update since. And the French authorities haven't said anything to you about you being a concern to them for, as far as their national security is concerned, I take it? Absolutely not. I've actually been doing a lot of volunteer work. They're aware of that here, working in schools, doing interventions, working with families. Uh, so I don't think they're in a hurry to, to put me on a plane and ship me out. So the Trudeau government has $10.5 million for Omar Khadr, but uh, the same government, and he keeps talking about a Canadian as a Canadian as a Canadian, mm. but the same <laughs> government is not allowing you your Canadian rights. Not at all. They're not assisting me in any way, shape, or form. They're refusing. They tell, they've told the media that I haven't made attempts uh, to obtain emergency travel documents, which is not true. Um, I've made several attempts. The embassy says I have to talk to Passport Services. Passport Services says I have to talk to the embassy. And never the two shall meet. You know, this is just, it's bizarre. It really is bizarre. You, you're, 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 I mean, you're Damien's mother, but that has, I would think that has nothing to do with your security level in Canada. You're a Canadian citizen. You were living in Canada before you went to France. And as I understand it, you left for France because it was very difficult for you to find a job in, in the country, again, because of, Family connection. Exactly. So I came here to be with my parents. Um, I gained a couple of contracts, which have now been canceled because I can't travel. Um, and I, what I was going to do was save up some money, try to see how things were going, if I could position myself to come back eventually after some time and getting back on my feet. 
which obviously any savings I had now have just about completely been expunged. So we wouldn't even be able to afford a plane ticket to come back to Canada if we wanted to. Oh, my goodness. So you, right now, as a Canadian citizen, you're not allowed mm-hmm. to come back to Canada? Not able to, no. Nope. If you went to the airport, if you tried to buy a ticket, if you did try to buy that ticket and fly back to Canada, they would stop you? Exactly. You need a passport in order. The security services here are quite high because it's a state of emergency. Uh, they won't just let me on a plane with a birth certificate and nothing else. Uh, do you have any legal representation in Canada? I do now. Uh, somebody stepped forward and, and said he's going to start helping me. He's from Ontario, so hopefully we can get something straightened away because this is absolutely ludicrous. It's not like I have money to pay for a lawyer, so he's fortunately stepped forward on a pro bono basis at this moment. I don't qualify for legal aid because I don't have a Canadian address. Well, uh, if that doesn't work out, let me know, and I'll get in touch with some lawyers in Canada and see if see what they could do for you. That would be fantastic. Thanks. Yeah, glad to do that. Um, now, we were going to talk about these two young women who've been discovered in a tunnel under Mosul with some two dozen, I mean, it's almost anticlimactic to talk about this, but uh, these two young women who were found with uh, maybe two dozen other women and they had uh, firearms and explosive vests, and the concern may is that uh, they, they could be Canadian, maybe they are Canadian, and uh, what happens when they come home? You're still involved very much with Hyatt in, uh, in Canada and uh, the de-radicalizing of, of young people. What do you make of this, of this situation that's developing in Iraq? Well, from what I've heard, I've heard that there were two Canadian women. There's been no confirmation as of yet um, in regards to them coming back. They should come back because they can't leave them stateless, but uh, they will need go, to go to prison until they can be interviewed and until they can have some proper counseling to see where they stand. You've got to take care of the safety of the Canadian citizens first, but at the same token, the families obviously must, if they're aware if it's been confirmed to the families who they are, um, they want to see them, they want to talk to them. And to have families close by, that's the best way to work with them on a de-radicalization standpoint. Based on what you know and your experience with the issue, would you consider any young person who, or any person who would come back to Canada who's been, and I hope this question isn't redundant, but somebody who has fought for uh, a terrorist organization uh, and they come back to Canada because they have Canadian citizenship and Canadian passport and Canadian travel documents, would you consider them to be an, a direct threat to the security of the people of this country? They absolutely could be. I mean, there's two ways to look at that. A lot of the young kids that went uh, were so young to make those decisions, especially the, the women, were because they were in love or whatever the case may be. Are they a direct threat? Maybe, maybe not. And that's something that would have to be looked at. They'd have to be interviewed. They'd have to be counseled. In the meantime, you have to protect the safety of the Canadians that are there until they have more information, until they work with them and find out exactly what position, what stance they were in. Were they under threat? Were they being blackmailed? Were they being coerced once they got there, realized what it was? How much information did they have when they left? There's so many questions to ask. It's so difficult to say. The biggest concern, do they have any children? Did they have any children while they were there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what do you do with those children? 
Well, that's exactly it. How young are they? Um, the children didn't have a choice in the matter. Mm-hmm. They have every right to come back, be looked after by their grandparents or other family members, and have a chance to live a normal life or try. They're going to need a lot of psychological help if they're a little bit older due to the training that they've gone through. Um, I've seen videos where there have been children and they're trained in the use of weapons, what to do. They're not under a normal condition. They haven't had a normal life. So there's a lot of psychological damage. One more question. When it comes to de-radicalizing, how much of a challenge is that? Is that that an ever-going-on process once uh, a young person has, or once somebody's been radicalized and has has, has sworn allegiance to a, uh, an organization like ISIS? It can be very complex. Uh, it's a unique situation based on each case, understanding what their motivators were, the emotional motivators behind it, what pushed them to go in the first place. So the first thing is learning more about that young person, working alongside them. And you can never really let go. You have to handhold them until they develop emotional maturity and stabilize. And that can take years. It's not something that happens overnight. In some cases, it's easier than others. Mm -hmm. But they have to be surrounded by loved ones and trusting relationships, first and foremost, to even begin working on that. Okay, and and your organization, Hyatt, is still active in Canada? Absolutely. We work with uh, families all across Canada, U.S., and we do also work uh, with families on an international level because we're connected with Mothers for Life. Tell me in about 30 seconds or so, what's going on in Hamilton as far as uh, a play about your life is concerned? A play was written um, based on my story and meeting Dominique, another mother here in France. And what they've done is they've put together this play for the Fringe Festival in Hamilton. And what they've asked us if it was okay for them to donate some of the proceeds from that play from the ticket sale. And that would obviously be a great help to you. It would absolutely be a huge help. Uh, Christian, let me make some uh, phone calls and ask some questions over the next few days, and I'll get back to you. And uh, I didn't know a lot of what's going on in your life, but, uh, but I'll get back to you and, and we'll talk more. That would be wonderful. Thanks so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. All the best to you. Thank you. So there's the uh, interview with Christian Boudreau that I recorded two, two hours ago. When we come back, Scott Newark's been listening to it. And we'll get Scott's sense of uh, what's going on and what Canada's responsibilities are, or what he got out of that. And Scott, as you know, former senior policy advisor to federal minister for public safety, former crown attorney and adjunct professor at Simon Fraser University, where he teaches balancing civil rights with public safety. That's going to be such a, well, already is such a huge issue. Don't go away.